When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumdy Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. It's P and Q here, Philippa Hall. And Quentin Rayner. And we're under strict instructions to give you the most drab, boring, naff podcast ride we possibly can. And no doubt Justin would describe you, our dum-de-dummers, as perfectly competent provincials, but incapable of seeing the bigger picture. But we, however, beg to differ. (laughs) Now, this week's dum-de-dum actually is from the Paul family in New York. Are you sure, Philippa? Are you sure it's not Stephen Bowden? Uh, Yes, I am sure. Uh, First of all, I have to thank Stephen and the Paul family for being so very gracious and me being a complete numpty last week and playing Stephen's tune and saying it's from the Paul family. But this week, I can assure you, it Mm. actually is from the wonderful and very gracious Paul family in New York. And proving Um, that you are mortal, Philippa. (laughs) You can make mistakes. I did definitely make a mistake. It's when I saw the message from Stephen saying, you know, I hate to say it, but that's my dum de I was like, what? Oh, no. I've, I've saved the files under the wrong name. You so. were mortified. I've I never, was. I've never heard and seen her more mortified, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that, but that was a great dumpty dum. And on this week's podcast, we hear calls from Helen, Emily, Richard, Young, Keith, Witherspoon, and Drew. Plus, we have texts from Chris, Sean, and Melly, as well as emails from Christine and Anon of Ambridge. Marvelous, Philippa. Philippa, is that a trumpet I see before you? You might, you might as well blow it because nobody else will. I prefer to blow a saxophone, I think, than a than a trumpet. But yes, we we have uh, something to celebrate, don't we, Quentin? We, do. I mean, we don't want to be looking at all the ratings too much, but um, my eye did spy this week that in the podcast charts in the whole of the UK for our category, 
which is TV and film. We Our last episode was number 13. That's amazing. I've chuffed a bit because I didn't really understand all these stats and you broke them down for me, but it's only the top 200, aren't they, that count or are counted. Right. Is that right? Yes, you can only see what, or certainly I can only find out what are in the top 200 and it varies day to day, um, but I did take a screenshot of it as, <laughs> as evidence. And uh, and also our listener numbers are up considerably as well and it's just down to you, lovely lot, listening to us waffling yes. on. So thank you very much. And I yeah. presume you've got a poster size of that screenshot, have you? And you've put it up above the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, framed, laminated, <laughs> every, everything. Yeah, no, it was it's, yes, thank it's you. wonderful. Yes, yeah, we we really are. And, and and apart from celebrating that, Quentin, what else have you been up to? Uh, well, this week, I, I think I qualify this week, Philippa, uh, and here's a fantastic pun, and I hope you get it. He says, building it up. I think <laughs> I have become... A dumpty dum influenza. <laughs> I had the flu jab, haven't I, this week? Yes, well done. How did you feel yeah. after it? Were you all right? Well, I'm claiming to be an influencer because um, uh, I reckon I pretty much fall into the dumpty dum demographic, don't don't I? Really, I think we both do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what else? Uh, well, I, it's probably the wrong word to use, but I suppose yeah. The highlight of my week was my my uncle's funeral. At, yeah. uh, at which I gave the eulogy, but it went very well. And uh, the good thing about funerals is that you do meet up with people you haven't seen for years, don't you? Mm. And uh, I bumped into somebody called Debs McKenzie, um, and I discovered that Debs w- is an Archer's listener. And like you, Philip, I just I was on her, you know, saying, "Oh, really?" <laughs> yeah. And I, but I also discovered that she's never ever listened to any podcast in her life. What? But she instantly almost instantly joined our Facebook group under Deborah McKenzie and was welcomed by Witherspoon. It was flagged up and along with other joiners. So there's a chance that Debs McKenzie, hello Debs if you're listening, could be listening to this podcast this week, the first she's ever listened to in her life. So hey, that was a result. And um, I got a belated birthday present as well today, a fantastic Archer's mug. So oh. I'm, a happy, I'm a happy boy. Oh, you must send uh, send me a photo of that, please. I'd like to see well, that I, very much. One may appear on the Facebook group Thank page. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that the funeral went as well as it it kind of done, and I'm sure your eulogy was excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. How about you? Um, but uh, yes, I've been to see the latest James Bond film. I know you're seeing it later today, so I won't give give the game away. But I went with my best friend. We've been going to the cinema for decades and she has this really irritating habit of guessing how it's going to end and telling me what she thinks was she right yes she was and I was so Mm. furious with her so I think I'm gonna have to come up with a new rule the next time she does that every time she does that she's gonna have to pay for the next cinema visit I think that's what somebody on Twitter said that it made no sense until after Cuba does that make sense to you uh, frankly, just sitting in the dark without being able to access my mobile mobile phone for nearly three hours, eating chocolate and drinking coffee, I was happy. I was happy. I could sit there and watch the adverts, and I'd be happy. It's the only time my brain sort of switches off from everything else. So, yeah, I thought it. I thought it was great. But... You were you were still thinking about the archers, weren't you? you... <laughs> uh, no, I, yes, yeah, of course, I, of course, I, of course, I was. But anyway, that that's what we've been up to. And Quentin, what can we expect to appear in the Borsetshire Echo this week? Well, the scriptwriter's obsession with food continues unsated, doesn't it? 
Vince got his just desserts when he tried to pull off an utterly crass and tasteless prank in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Justin stuck his sticky fingers into Lillian's make-me-give-up-smoking marmalade. Ben, Beth, Josh and Jill tried to have their cake and eat it and still managed to despite dropping it while Jazza gave out pieces of kindness to Blake, known as sandwiches, to Sassanax. So, who is Stella? Farm manager or undercover agent for Justin and Damara? Over lunch, slimy Elliot purred about remembering the amazing things she'd done for the company in Cambridge and always seeing eye to eye with her. Ahead of the BL board meeting, it seemed there's no time to spy. On his return, Lillian didn't twig about who he was schmoozing with and then Justin lied through his teeth about disclosing Brian's plans to sell home farm to a shocked Stella. But Lillian did let slip that Jenny is keener to sell up than her husband. That surprised me. Right, let's have a quick spin through Chelsea learning to ride a motorbike with Jazza, shall we? Tracy said no. Tracy relented on the condition he stuck to 30 and bored her daughter into giving up. (laughs) Out on the road, Chelsea persuaded him to go well over 30. Tracy sussed what happened and tore Jazza off a strip for tearing around and told him to get on his bike. Oh, before we get back to food, Amy announced to Alan she's giving up midwifery, citing her heart was no longer in it, and just feeling worn out. Anyway, let's return to the bread and butter of the archers, and we had Vince taking Ben and Beth out for a slap-up meal. While she popped the loo, her father thought it would be hilarious to test her boyfriend's nursing skills by feigning having an anaphylactic shock. Beth, along with five million archers listeners, was furious. Vince apologised for being an idiot with a sob story about his childhood and Ben advised him to stop throwing money around and just be her dad, which seemed to chime with him. Beth was persuaded to give her father a second, second chance and then seemed perfectly okay about accepting a three-night stay in a London hotel with Ben. Scene of the week, though, was the one between Jazza and Blake after he'd been discovered by the lovable Scott and the prof sleeping in the hide. They left supplies and Jazza returned with more the following day. More importantly, though, he listened and offered support, friendship and trust, and was completely non-judgmental. His tribute to Jim was just lovely, and many a Twitter tear was shed. This week ended with Stella playing a blinder at the BL board meeting. She divided and ruled the bickering boys by mesmerising them with the monetization of soil management. <laughs> at first, Justin pretended not to know her, and then conceded he did to Brian. Hey, what's going on? Are they related? Very dodgy. In the end, Home Farm's contract was renewed and a rejuvenated Brian contemplated that maybe this dog hasn't had his day. Live another day, Brian. Live. Oh, Quentin. Excellent. Always very, very good. Very clever. Well done. Bravo. Uh, Definitely something to celebrate. And we've got something else to celebrate. Well, there's sort of, there's, there's, Bad news and good news, isn't there, Quentin? For a couple of weeks' time, um, that the bad news is that you're <laughs> taking you're taking a day off from Dumpty Dum. Yes, I've decided a holiday is going to be a holiday. Yeah, yeah. I'm back to Cornwall, and my wife said we're having a holiday this time because last time I was down there, I did three podcasts, and she said, "Come on, this time you you're going to have a, a week off." So, yes, but uh, it's only for one week. So uh, you can fill up the flags then because, announce it, here we go. 
Yeah, so although we'll miss Quentin a lot that day, we have somebody else standing in. And that person is Joy. Yes, Ooh. Joy from the Archers. Jackie Lai will be joining me for the episode of Dum De Dum. We'll do it in the usual way. Um, but there will also be some questions that you can ask for for Joy, for Jackie. The joyful Jackie, the Jackie of joy. Um, I'm really looking forward to having her on and talking to her. So that's going to be in two weeks' time, the 24th of October. We'll record it and I will um, should be getting it out that, that day as normal. Um, so if you've got any questions for Joy, you can call them in now from any point on SpeakerPipe, but just say at the beginning of the, of the call, uh, question for Joy. So I know to keep that, not use it for next week, but keep it for the week after when Joy is on. I can't wait to talk or, to her. I've got or so I guess they could they, they could email as well, couldn't they, in their question? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good point. Via our Brenton. website, yeah, anything. As long as you just start it, the, the text, the email, the call with question for Joy, then I'll know and I'll try and include as many of your questions as possible. Oh, I'm envious. I'm envious. I'd love to meet Joy. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be great fun. I will miss you a lot, Quentin, but you're only allowed one day off, I'm afraid. That's, <laughs> that's it. That, 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 that will be a, that'll be a great listen. Yes, I, yeah. I look forward to that. So that's all that's happened in Ambridge and Dumpty Dum over the last week. But what did you, our battle-hardened Dumpty Dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Helen, who has some thoughts about Stella. Hello, Philippa Quentin and everybody in Dumpty Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here. Just got a few things to say about um, this week in Ambridge. Um, firstly, Stella. I was really confused when it was uh, revealed at the beginning of the week that she knew Justin. And I was a bit concerned thinking, oh, um, you know, her and Justin have both got very bad motives perhaps, and want to kind of infiltrate Home Farm and, you know, they've got some kind of plan up their sleeves. Um, but then when it was revealed that she had told Brian that she knew Justin and that it was Justin that kind of tipped her off about the job, I was suddenly thinking, oh, actually, maybe she's a good egg. I still don't trust Justin one bit. He's definitely got some kind of dodgy motives going on and um, I still can't work out whether Stella is just naive to the fact that Justin is like a baddie um in this situation or whether she knows and she didn't want Brian to tell Justin that he knows that she knows that that she's told him that she knows Justin because actually she wants to play Justin and use that to her benefit um, so I'm not sure how that's going to pan out, but I'm quite interested to see how that goes. I quite like Stella as a character. Secondly, Ben. I realise he's only just started his training, but I thought it was very basic first aid knowledge to go straight to saying, where's your EpiPen in that kind of situation? So I was a bit disappointed and a bit confused about that. Um, and lastly, Jazza. Um, I just love how this is playing out with Blake. I think it's quite realistic that he would need that kind of... Um, person to relate to him rather than like the Lindas and the Roberts who were doing a really great job and really trying but not on his level and I really love the character progression of Jazza coming from this kind of silly man who's never really serious to this really lovely um, man with Tracy and with Blake as well so anyway yes thank you for the podcast 
Lovely to hear from you again, Helen. We always do love hearing from our Helen from Rotherham, so keep them coming, Helen. Uh, yes, Stella, she she was an interesting character this week, and uh, your call really is, is one of those when did you know that you knew that you knew conundrums, <laughs> isn't it? Mm-hmm. You get half, lost halfway through it. And in my summary, I said, yeah, what was going on? Because it was all a bit odd. Um, Justin pretending he didn't know her, and then scurrying away, having admitted to Brian mm. that he did. So I, that, I don't know, I thought it was rather clunky writing. I just didn't ring true at all. And what is the level of his relationship with her? Spe- plenty of speculation on Twitter that are they related? Is she mm. oh, a long-lost daughter or a, a niece or mistress or goodness knows what? It was all a bit cosy, cosy, wasn't it, as he lunched with Twiggy? Mm. Um, also... Quite a few people complaining that Stella has become far too familiar far too quickly with Brian. He is, after all, her boss, and they're like talking like father and daughter almost straight away, and far too, as I said, familiar for some people. I I think that's her style. I mean, she's very direct, very blunt. Yes. It's quite refreshing, yeah. actually. Yes. Um, she doesn't uh, doesn't defer. She gets straight to the point. Personally, I quite like that approach mm. and it drives the narrative far more quickly. But um, people who like more of a slow burn are not happy with that. Justin is obviously up to something. <laughs> um, has he got his eye on, on home farm? Will it mean Brian and Jenny back in at least the home, the house? We shall see. We shall see. Mm. Uh, you thought uh, Ben's basic first aid knowledge was pretty poor, not knowing about EpiPens and so forth. Uh, is that tough on Ben? Uh, does everybody know about EpiPens? Uh, I certainly do. Our son has a nut allergy, so we're very, very aware of that. And personally, I found that prank extremely mm. offensive and tasteless mm. and crass, actually. I thought they could have come up with a, another one, if you like, that wasn't so offensive because that that's serious. That is really serious. Mm. And... Um, yeah, it uh, it really rankled with me, and, and 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 as I said in my summary, five million other Archers listeners. Um, I think Ben just panicked, didn't he? But I mean, he needs to uh, not panic in future. You're right, Helen. <laughs> if he becomes a nurse, but I suppose you claim he hasn't started his training yet, or has he? I'm a bit lost on that, but he's only just started. And yeah, Jazza, the character progression is wonderful. I mean, over, over the years, he was a bit of a fringe comedy character, but they've clearly seized on him and his potential and they're drawing him out and the, and the love for the man on twitter mm. is, is is overwhelming i mean his female fans are queuing up to 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 nurse his, his cut finger i can tell you so uh, yeah it's uh, jazza is now becoming a a major character in in the archers and i love i love that um dynamic with jim that really has become that really is a jewel Yes, yeah, it absolutely is. And Helen, what what a great call! You're a superstar. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Um, yeah, this, this issue with the um, the nut allergy, I think, in a way, the scriptwriters chose such a provocative issue, um, the nut allergy, to to make us all dislike Vince. You know, mm. it wasn't one. I mean, admittedly, at the initially, I thought, well, is this a bit of a prank? But it's such a serious thing that we all went, oh, gosh. Mm. Um, and so I hope it was done deliberately 
to show that I I've been right about Vince all this time. Anyway, we won't we won't go on about that. He, he showed himself up, didn't he? He did. Yes. I mean, Ben is three weeks into his nursing oh, course. Okay. I, I, I've got no medical training, but I know an EpiPen is is of use, and that drinking water is not going to help. Why, if someone is suffering from a nut allergy and is eating a nut, would you suggest they drink water? Surely that's just going to make it it even worse. I mean, it reminded yeah. me of my time at school and how whatever ailment you had, witch hazel was produced and used for you. If you'd hit yourself, if you felt <laughs> ill, if you had an allergy, anything, it was witch hazel. They had this bottle of witch hazel and it was used for everything. So I still I'd, smell it. Yes. And it just, it takes <laughs> me back. And and Jazza, yes, I, I loved hearing him with Blake. I was intrigued that he said his hands were clean for once. And I didn't know if Jazza was going to launch into a manicure advert or something. But the minute Tracy was talking to Jazza about Jim's shelves and said, oh, if, if Jim needs more space for books, he should throw some books away. I'm sorry. We, that, that should be blasphemous. We don't, we never talk about throwing books away so uh, yes I, I need to hold the script writers up to account for that well I mean as someone who's spent weeks clearing out my father-in-law's house uh, <laughs> and he had <laughs> millions of books what do you do with with I mean I, you know <clears throat> one can obviously take them to charity shops and so forth but when there are so many of them what do you do and you can't oh, sell them you- you can bury me with my books. I'll be very happy with that. Yes, it'll uh, line the coffin nicely. But there so you, we go. you would no. always you would always find a home for any book, would you? Uh, well, no, that is true because I do get a lot of books in. Uh, I get a lot of proofs to read, so I do. I have got different people that I know will enjoy them, so I do hand them round. But you if they're a good, off. yeah, if it's a good one though, I want them to come back eventually, and then right. I can put them on my best books bookshelves but it's not it's not allowed okay all right but but there we go just just saying but um no great call helen thank you ever so much for that and now we go to richard who has views on the mixed representation of certain characters hello richard from poland the only dumpster dumber in this wonderful country a few reflections i am used to characters evolving and swaying between the appalling and quite friendly. There's been a lot of that lately. Up till now, I've been quite impressed by Vince and thought that he's underrated. But his behaviour last week at that dinner was beyond dreadful. I'm used to disliking Linda for her snobbishness and deceptiveness and general creepiness. And yet, she was wonderful in the hospital with Blake. And we've had Jazza move from being utterly irresponsible motorcycle instructor when specifically forbidden to do anything exciting through to being a really great person dealing with Blake and beginning to give Blake someone to trust. And I just think that that bigger character change within one week is too much from Jazza. Let these swings between appalling and nice be slower, please. I'd like to know whether I'm pro-someone or anti-someone. I hope that Blakey gets much better access to professional therapy and support than Alice did. His problem is obvious out in the open and he needs support. The scriptwriters didn't look after Alice properly. I hope they look after Blakey a bit better. And finally, I think there's something odd about the situation with the board meeting. 
in business if something is too good to be true it usually is and suddenly Stella is the hero of the moment from the same things which presumably would have been obvious to anyone who knows about agriculture and farming which I don't and I'm convinced that Justin and maybe Stella are up to something I sense an evil plan being hatched but I don't know what it is that's all from me best wishes to everyone Oh, thank you, Richard. Yes, I love the idea of Stella and Justin being up to something. I I don't consider them to be related. That's just my personal view on it. But there's some scheming there. And I think that would make a very interesting storyline. So, yeah, I'm interested in in hearing more about that. And yes, I agree with you about the sort of the swings from someone that's nice to nasty. and, And I don't know how to view people. I'm almost getting giddy with some of the swings we've had lately. And, and Jazza is the prime example that he was brilliant with Blake, but then uh, how he acted with Chelsea on the motorbike. And I, I'm sure we'll be talking but more he, about that later. But he's, he's, a, he's a people pleaser, isn't he? Uh, he just yes. couldn't help himself wanting to, <laughs> yes. to give Chelsea a thrill as a pillion passenger. That's true. But we've had swings with other characters as well. I mean, Eddie recently with that awful flower and produce competition. Yes, true. I mean, Alice, we've had significant swings in character from the the nice, overly nice. That's the boots, isn't it? yeah, 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 absolutely. We've had Neil. Is he in love with Susan or is he in love with Shula? You know, and we've had Shula. Oh, I'm the pious one. Oh, I covet somebody's husband. You know, all, all of that. So <laughs> there's been quite a bit going on. Um, and Richard, you say that you're the only listener in Poland. Well, I presume you're saying that because you're the only one on Tractor on the Dum Dee Dum website that, that's showing in Poland. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to uh, the Dum Dee Dum website and there's something there called Tractor where you can put in your approximate location and uh, see if there's anybody else near you. But Richard, I have been doing some research for you. Oh, that's, that's a surprise. <laughs> yes. Have you been, have been stalking the good listeners in Poland, have you? Yes, so I've I've hired a private jet. I've flown over to Poland and I've walked around shouting, "Anybody listen to the Archers?" And anybody that said yes, I rounded up, and I, I can confirm, Richard, that there are sixteen Dum Dee Dum listeners in Poland. <laughs> are there really? Yes, there are <laughs> at this at this moment in time, as of this morning. So take heart, Richard. That that you're not on your own. They just haven't put their location on tractor. So, so that's, a, that's a big character swing for Richard, isn't it? He, th- think, he yeah. thinks he's the only one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you're one of sixteen, Richard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's going he's to need a sit down after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm very impressed, uh, Philippa, about the the depth of 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 how much you mine the information about our, our listeners and the program Thank you. phenomenal fantastic richard mentioned how he's not a fan of linda but he thought that linda was wonderful in that hospital scene with blake which mm. she was mm. and it to me it reminded me of one of my favorite scenes in recent months when she was in hospital and was visited by lillian and there was that lovely mm. bedside scene mm. when lillian came to see her so it was a bit of a mirror of that, wasn't it, with Linda then mm. caring and listening to Blake and reassuring. So when they write well for Linda, they write really, really well, don't they? And she performs it so well. And that and that front drops and you see the human being behind. And her intentions and Robert's intentions were good, weren't they, last week? But they just blew it and made him feel completely 
uncomfortable, and that's why uh, that's why Jazza was so good with him because he was on his level mm. and he felt comfortable with him, and he didn't uh, he didn't challenge him, did he? He just listened, and whenever he got uh, prickly about Kirsty, he didn't um, again challenge him about that. He just let him become more at ease. So I, I thought there was some very good acting. There's some very good writing as well. And I also, a big shout out as well, and I've tweeted about this this morning. I thought the sound engineers played a blinder this week as well on the arches because that scene when Vince was arguing through the door with Beth and that scene when Chelsea was a pillion passenger. Just, just listen to them again because they were brilliantly balanced in terms of you, it really did sound like Vince was having to talk through a thick door, didn't it? It did. I wasn't quite so sure about the cake scene, I have to say. Um, and I know I've seen the photos that they they took of the, of the cake that they dropped to make the noise. But oh, it they? was yes. Oh, it, right. it, it looked yeah. yeah, it looked more like yeah. a Black Forest Gatto yeah. or something. Anyway, we'll come on to that later. But yes, some good sound scenes. But one I did I did have to query. But I mean, just tiny details when Jazza had his helmet on when Chelsea had a helmet on it sounded like they had a helmet on it's just tiny mm. little details that, like that that I love so you know we never uh, applaud the people behind the glass enough and so I'm going to applaud them I thought they did a great job apart from the cake dropping which I didn't really clock because I was so bored by the whole thing anyway that I'd switched off I wanted to throw oh. cake at the radio by that stage. <laughs> oh, God, please, come here. Can that be the end of it? It was interesting hearing what happened with Blake and Linda and Robert this week from Blake's point of view, because having listened to it the previous week, yes, they were they sounded a bit sort of um, over the top and this three-course, ten-course extravaganza that they were giving him. But to then hear it from his point of view about encouraging him, you know, to... Uh, wear Robert's clothes and have a bath and Linda going on at him and that Philip Moss had said to him, you know, you never talk to the owners of a house. So it, he's his mind has been messed with so much by Philip Moss and still not wanting to see Kirsty and still not accepting things. Um, as Richard says, he's, he's going to need professional support in, in good time, but uh, there's a journey before that can happen, presumably. But there we go. That is Rich's call. Thank you very much. And now we come on to Emily. And Emily wants to talk about the Canadian Thanksgiving. Hi, guys. It's Emily from Canada calling. Philippa, you wanted to know my pedigree, I think you called it. So the first baby uh, that was born after I started listening to the Archers was Rosie Archer. Uh, you want to know a little bit about me? Well, as you know, it's Emily from Canada, and I'm married with two teenagers. I have a five-year-old golden retriever named Finn, and I am a professional writer and editor. So Monday is Canadian Thanksgiving, and so I just thought I would share the things Archers-related that I am thankful for. So most recently, I am really thankful for the Jazzer and Blake connection that was such a gratifying thing to listen to and I think gave us all pause for thought about what we would what we would do in a similar situation how we might approach Blake um Emma with with her tirade uh to Brian about uh the referring to the Aldriches as a bunch of 
stuck up emotionally vacant losers. <laughs> Favorite line so far of all time. And the new Linda, who just seems slightly less obnoxious than the old Linda. And she's, we've really had a chance, I think, to see, um, to see her heart, which has been really great. Um, so I also just wanted to give thanks for the kingdom of Dumpty Dum. I actually sought out Dumpty Dum in the spring. I mean, I didn't know that Dumpty Dum existed, but I was looking for a community of people that were also suffering the trauma of Alice's alcoholism. And I figured if I felt really miserable listening to it, there must be other people in the world that did too. And here I discovered the glorious community of people who commiserate and debate and celebrate together. And Dumpty Dum, I have to say, is an absolute joy. Oh, thank you, Emily. Uh, this is becoming quite an international <laughs> episode of the Dumpty Dum, isn't it? We've had one mm. from Poland, and now we've got H- Emily from Vancouver, and I know we've uh, got some others coming in from around the globe. So a uh, happy Thanksgiving for tomorrow, Emily, mm. in Canada, because uh, we're recording this Sunday, and, uh, uh, and I'm glad we give you so much joy. Um, and talking of joy, we will have joy on, won't we, on October yes. the 24th? Oh, bless. yeah. Ah, oh, this 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 podcast isn't just thrown together like a dropped cake. Um, so yes, uh, we've already started to discuss the the, the Jazzer and Blake connection. I think that's going to be an interesting one, and I think Blake is in Ambridge for a bit, as um, we mentioned last week on the podcast. He's he's got a surname Goddard, that therefore that means that he's staying in the village, and he'll be putting up Jim's shelves. Speculation that perhaps maybe. Jim might ask him to eventually live with him if Jazza moves in with Tracy. Mm. That's a that's a, a long burner. We shall we shall see. Always good to hear that that brilliant line. To be reminded of that brilliant line. You're just a bunch of stuck up emotional losers. That that was a corker, wasn't it? So thank you for reminding us of that one, Emily. And again, as we've already alluded to it, I think I just said it. I like it when Linda's facade drops and we see the real Linda. The, the human being, the the warm-hearted soul that she is. So I share that that joy of that as well, Emily. And I'm glad that we're here for you to commiserate with, because frankly, that's that's our sole purpose in life, isn't it? To, <laughs> to help <laughs> us through the trauma of listening to five episodes a week <laughs> and just clinging on to those nuggets of joy. <laughs> yes, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, Emily, and everybody in. Canada that's uh yeah that's certainly a, a celebration I mean talking of celebrations when is the harvest supper actually going to happen in Ambridge because they've been talking about it we had ours last week so I don't know what's going on and I just want to hear this occasion when everyone arrives with puddings because Ruth and David haven't quite organized that the rotor properly maybe it's maybe it's just not going to happen maybe i built it up and it's just not we, we don't need any more food in the arches oh yeah. that's so <laughs> Food and books, that, that's, what, that's what we need. Now, uh, Quentin, yes, you have suggested that we drop this long-standing rule of dum-de-dum, that first-time caller in uh need to tell us a bit about themselves and their pedigree. I feel, yes, because it, you've got to be brave enough anyway, haven't you, to come onto our podcast. We, we, you're very welcome to. There's nothing to be frightened of, but it, for some people it takes a lot. And yes. then it feels, then if we demand even more things from you, it's like an initiation ceremony, isn't it? So <laughs> I think... Let's drop that and just okay. come on. You can tell us if you like, but you're not you're not obliged to. 
Well, if anybody is offended by Quentin's vote, like Borchester Land, to <laughs> drop the tradition, then let me know, and uh, and uh, and I will hold him to account. <laughs> I, I think you're particularly referring to what I said to Emily last week. But I know Emily, and she knows I was just because she she was nervous about doing her first call, which she did brilliantly last week. She did, and so I wanted to trap her into having to call again, which uh, which she did, which so, worked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that. So maybe, maybe we ought to, we also not drop it. Because we, we always need your calls, everybody's. But we, no, I we, think you know, rather than demanding it, it's it's entirely up to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anybody's got a problem with that, let me know, and I will I will hold a Borchester Land meeting I- immediately. Because Philippa but, likes the tradition. She likes the traditions, don't you? I, I'm an old school kind of girl, and uh, yes, I like the traditions. I I I went through it, and it's just a bit of fun. Um, but please, but then nobody... people feel bad if they forget. You see. No, but it's fine to forget. It just means we want you to call back in. It's a good thing. It's well, positive. Then, then you always feel in the past, you just slag them off, saying, why didn't you tell us about when you started listening and all that? Well, I wasn't. I was just gently you're, you're encouraging us uh, another call. Yeah. But anyway, I'm I'm thankful for lots of things. I'm thankful for dum de dum I'm just thankful but, for calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm thankful for the whole dum de dum community. I'm thankful for Quentin, the whole team. <laughs> And to Emily, who's been very supportive. Is this an Oscar-winning speech or something? <laughs> no. Anyway, excellent call, Emily. Thank yep. you very much. Can't, Thank you. can't wait for your next call. No pressure. Um, <laughs> and uh, now we go to young Keith, who seems to think he's not been missed, but he has had to call us to tell us about some ham acting. Hello. It's young Keith here. Um, it's been a while. And uh, I won't apologise because I'm sure a no one gives a shit, and anyone who was aware of it probably grateful. Um, but uh, it's been a while since I've participated. I have been listening intermittently um, to what is always a high quality show. A couple of grumbles, really, and it's it's a rare one for me because I'm very appreciative of the archers, actors, and I understand that for a lot of people. Um, Look, it's a difficult gig, isn't it, being an archer's actor and bloody more power to him. But Chris, I don't mind Chris, but the actor who plays him, if he's sad or emotional, he cannot pull it off. And there's been a lot of sad and emotional Chris these days, and it sounds so fake and annoying, but even worse than that. And it's, I almost have to turn it off sometimes. And I, I hate to say this because she's just doing her job, but, um, the actor that plays Amy is awful. It sounds like a bloody sixth form sort of, you know, like an A-level end of year assessed show performance. And I just can't get into it. And if if I'm out of order for saying that, well, bloody string me up. But it's what I think. And I've got to share it. And I'm sorry if other people disagree. I'm sorry if people do agree. But... Uh, that's what I think. Anyway, have a lovely evening and a lovely week. <laughs> Thank you so much, young Keith. Young Keith, the adventurer, returns to Dum Dum. Thank you for your kind words about the podcast. Uh, does does mean a lot. A difficult gig being an archer's actor, you say. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Especially these days with podcasts and Twitter and Facebook and everyone, all of us analysing the words that they say and how they say them. Um, but I guess it's a difficult gig because it's a massive gig, you know, to be on the archers is one of the, the top radio jobs you, you 
can, can possibly have. Now, you're you're trying to pull apart the actor who plays Chris, and um, he's a delightful young man. I know I sound like Dawn French when I say young man. <laughs> he's a delightful young man from the Games of Thrones. So I'm, I'm ever so sorry, but I can't allow any words that aren't positive to, to, to be used for him, uh, young Keith. I, I do apologise for that. And Amy, well, yes, but has she been asked to act like that? You know, she's a really capable actor actor so I think that's how she's been tasked to play the part I really hope though that Amy finds a job that she enjoys Uh, can she please be bisexual at least and set up house with Stella that would be good and uh, young Keith just don't leave it so long we we need your your words your wisdom and your good humor we we do love to to hear from you again young Keith it's been far too long and um we will uh, we'll take that high quality show. Thank you very much indeed, Keith. Uh, difficult gig being a Archer's actor. Um, I should I should, I think actors will give their high teeth for that, especially mm. if it's a, a big part and it's guaranteed work of a decade, isn't it? So I don't know. I, I, I can imagine harder ones. It must be difficult when you're not when you've been silent for for weeks and months, I think. But, you know, there is huge scrutiny now from the likes of us and all the, on on social media. So, yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be on your game. And I've got some sympathy, frankly, with you, Keith, with your assessment of the performances. Um, Chris, I think, needs more gears. Uh, Does that mean uh, that's because of his acting or because of the writing or because of the direction? You, You never know. Because until you meet these people in real life, you don't know their their range, do you? Mm-hmm. But I, I do feel he's gotten a bit of an emotional rut, and his responses are pretty predictable and a bit annoying at times. I mean, when he when when he when they went up to read their letters out to Alice, he just, he just petered out. You think, oh come on, man. Um, so I yeah, he's started to irritate me. I, I'm with you on that, Keith, mm. and he needs more range. He needs more oh. range. Goodness. I know, I know. They've got to be honest. Uh, I mean, you're just blinded by Game of Thrones, clearly. And um, Amy, I've said this already. I think she's dull. I do. I think she's boring. And I don't know whether that is, again is she's has she been written that way? Has she been told to play it that way? Or is that that's the way she's chosen it? She needs to really up her game because she's boring the pants off me at the moment. I've got to say, and she's giving up, given up her midwifery job. Um, I mean, can you imagine giving birth to with her in the room? I mean, you, you, you know, you made an exhilarating, fantastic, enthusiastic moment. You got Amy saying, "It's a boy." No, it'd be yeah. very calming. It would really Boring. help you. It'd be calming, and you, you know, you can't all have real live wires um, in characters because it would make the listening of it no, exhausting. Know, but... So we we need some of these different ones. We we need these different threads. I, no, I agree. Thread together to give us this wonderful tapestry picture. But you've got to you've got to make it interesting in some way, even if it's for for like negative reasons. There's got to be. Some angles to her character, but she's just a blank page. And so you, you were talking of a bisexual relationship with Stella. That's a new one. Wow. Yeah. Um, she's got a clause and she wants to get a clause into Chris, doesn't she? Well, I just, I, I think she be... could have both. <laughs> Stella yes. and Chris. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. That, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, that would, um, that would put them both out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Amy that... and Chris. <laughs> 
that would be something. Um, I mean, I think we should have a scene with Chris, Amy, and Adam, like a, a oh bore off. Uh, to oh. see who who. Well, the, I mean, I, Adam would win that. Wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> let's let's step away. Undisputed, but, uh, undisputed. <laughs> yes, we do get trouble on our Facebook group, don't we? On the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, when we um, say anything. Well, about... yeah. I mean, you know, we 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 as and when we are honest about it. But I, I'm genuinely curious as to whether it's, they've been directed that way. Or whether yes. that's the way they've decided to do it. Young Key, thank you for your call. We look forward to you calling in again, please. We'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and wondering how to do it, here's how. Yes, as we always say, we do like to think of this as the people's podcast. So if you want to record a message or a plot prediction, as others have, as you've heard so far, uh, well, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red speak pipe link, which you'll find on the left-hand side, and then submit your call. Now, I promise you it is ever so easy, and you can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Another way to send a recorded message is to send a WhatsApp voice note to this number, 07957-167-696. That's 07957-167-696. Of course, if you are calling from outside the UK, make sure you add a plus 44. Speaking of the website, you'll find a link there as well to Patreon where you can financially support the show. Uh, Royfield's been going on again about how many costs are involved with steering the good chip dum-de-dum and uh, wants us to talk about it a little bit more. So your help would be greatly appreciated and it means we won't get told off quite as much as we currently are being told off. But anyway, let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from the upper lower east west side. It's Witherspoon with some strong views on Vince and Jazza. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I just finished re-listening to the week's episodes while working out at the gym, and I thought they were excellent. So kudos to the scriptwriters. It was a tough few days for Ben and Beth as well. First, he had to deal with his obnoxious older brother and Le Faire de Gâteau. And then he had to deal with Vince, who is Josh grown up and on steroids. I'm repeating myself for those in our Facebook group, but what Vince did was hideous and reflects the very flawed person he is. In reviewing his Oscar-worthy scene, I realized that Vince had to have given it some serious prior thought because he gave a good number of details about his imaginary nut allergy. Plus, he even ordered a nut containing dessert, which set it all up. Vince seems to be a very accomplished and facile liar. In addition, Vince made a couple of cutting comments about Ben, and he could have created a very serious situation if an ambulance had been called and diverted from a real medical emergency. But hey, all in the service of a good practical joke. I thought Ben should have been more supportive of Beth, and that Vince's ultimate self-reflection and apology was really not that strong. So I do not forgive Vince, and I hope he gets hit by a truck. (laughs) Now, a few thoughts about Jazzer. 
We saw him at his best with Blake, empathic, humorous, and caring, without being too intrusive. He knew to step back when Blake became angry after he mentioned Kirsty. However, I really thought he showed his immature side and let Tracy down when he allowed Chelsea to talk him into doing the exact opposite of what Tracy had asked him, with good reason, to do. I'm curious what others thought about that. Talk to you soon. So yes, thank you, Witherspoon. Another international call, that one from New York. I agree with you, Witherspoon. I think it was an excellent week for the scriptwriters, and it's good when it's consistent throughout the whole week. I think, isn't it? I think they've now got one writer per week, and it's showing, doesn't it? Mm. Because it was a bit hit and miss before. Um, we've discussed Vince already. I, as I said, I, I completely agree with you, Witherspoon for personal reasons as as well as ethical reasons i thought what he did was hideous and um yes it did reveal what a flawed character he he is i hadn't thought about it quite so closely as you had in the gym that he carefully planned it and Mm. you're right and that makes him even more dislikable i think so um yes well spotted well spotted and as you say, he's a facile liar. Jazza, you uh, were complimentary about, as well as critical of. Uh, wonderful with Blake, as, as we've discussed. You, you think he showed his immaturity. Uh, is that the right word, immature? I, I said before, he's a, he's a people pleaser, isn't he? He can't help himself, which I suppose might be immature. I think he's desperate to step up and be a potential stepfather. And I think Tracy really wants him to prove that he is, but she's got to, a lot of, he needs to, she needs a lot more convincing before mm. she accepts him. And my word, God, she can be cruel, can't she? She can be really vicious. Uh, In this what is just, way? Well, this is just between me and Chelsea. You aren't family, you know, sent well, him on his ear and you weren't even brought up properly or something. I mean, God, she, she can be, she can be brutal, can't she? Tracy. She flies off the handle, doesn't she? And then, to be fair, she did apologise after one of them. Yeah, she's very passionate and she's very protective of her daughter who, you know, she sees motorbikes. She's clearly got a fear of motorbikes because when she did go on the ride with Jazza, she absolutely hated it. And mm. she doesn't, she sees it as danger, I think, and, and is just worried. She went into full mama bear mode, I think, then. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I'm the same. I, the thought of my kids being on a, on a motorcycle fills me with absolute horror. Mm. But um, she was. She didn't hold back, did she? She gave him both barrels. And it's a shame because you, they always have that yin and yang, don't they? They, they yes. seem to be getting on. They think, oh, yeah. And then something, some, some, then something happens and he normally disappoints her. And uh, But he's, he's desperately... He's beyond fond of her, isn't he? I mean, they're they're falling in love, really, aren't they? Yeah, isn't it lovely? But for me, um, it showed me that, that, yes, Jazza has changed from the person he used to be, but he's not completely one-dimensional now, um, that he's still human and still makes mistakes. And in a way, that makes me like him all the more. Not that I'm encouraging him to date Chelsea on a motorbike speeding, of course, but it's just, you know, he's not perfect and we've seen the progression that Jazz has made throughout his time in Ambridge and it's lovely to see him um, taking more responsibility at times and being kind and nice but still he he's not um, he's not perfect he's uh, not the finished article is he 
No, but isn't that real life? I mean, you know, we all strive to do to do our best. It's like me with that dum-de-dum getting it mixed up. I try my best, but I still make mistakes. I but... thought you were I thought you were an unflawed diamond, Philip. <laughs> oh, Quentin. <laughs> uh, are you saying that sincerely or sarcastically? Don't answer that. I'm just gonna take just, it sincerely. Just, and just take just, it. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> yeah. I love Witherspoon's term of La Fair de Gatto. I thought that was excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um it's Witherspoon's call actually that changed my mind about Vince because I did take the scene more as a joke initially. Initially. obviously no. a horrible joke um and i wouldn't want anyone to take that as something that they should then play out on others because it's just uh, awful um but witherspoon has helped me see other aspects of that scene and particularly you know if an ambulance had start to, was being called and diverted from somewhere else and it, it's just it for um ben for Beth as well, and for the people in the restaurant, it's just uh, just entirely wrong. So, he, thank you for your for that. Yeah, call. he showed himself up big time, didn't he? Um, yes, I mean there are some families that are always playing practical jokes on each other, and I accept that. But I don't get that dynamic. Beth doesn't have that uh, no. essence in her, so it, it didn't strike me. But I I just thought, well, if Fince can act that well in that situation, is he acting like that? In other situations, you know, sucking up to Elizabeth, what what is the real thing? He's another kid, isn't he? I mean, we're saying Witherspoon suggesting that Jazz is immature, and Vince showed his immaturity, didn't he? Well, and when uh, Witherspoon said um, Vince is like Josh on steroids, that's a very <laughs> interesting comparison because I've always been a fan of Josh until this week. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, all the men, all the men were boys this week, really, weren't they? I mean, all the stupid men in that um, board meeting who yes. played brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, and it was all throughout this week. It was all men lying to women, men talking over women. Uh, yes, w- w- sorry. What, what do you mean, men, men, men talking over women? What do you mean, Philip? Just... <laughs> <laughs> You're bullying me. I'm... Dialing yeah. the emergency An- services. Another bad week for men, really. Well, not yeah. entirely bad. We had that. We had Jazza and Blake and, and yeah. Jim. That was all. That was lovely. That was really nice. Yes, it was. But that very good. So thank you, Witherspoon, as always. Um, and now we go to Drew, who has something to say about the Josh and Ben story. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, and everybody else at Dumpty Dum Towers. This is Drew calling from Tokyo. This Sunday storyline of Toby and Rex, the Fair Brethren, both fighting over the same woman, is a bit tiresome because to me it really just seems like a rehash of the situation from a few years ago when brothers Will and Ed were both in love with Emma. It just seems lazy on the part of the showrunners. Well, I guess there's nothing that I can do about it this time, but if they reuse the same old storyline again in the future, I'm going to protest by just reusing old Dumpty Dum calls. Well, if that ever happens, you'll both probably remember this call, as I assume that it'll still be the two of you hosting this podcast by then. Well, at least with the twins, Freddie and Lily, having passed their driving licenses, we're guaranteed not to get any more teenagers learning how to drive storylines for a while. That's lucky. Anyway, hope you all have a good weekend. As for me, I plan to sing karaoke in a poorly ventilated bar with a bunch of strangers. Have a good week, everybody. Drew, that is 
such a hilarious call. When I first started listening to it, I thought, oh my goodness, he's, he's time traveled. And, and yes, you have time traveled. So my, the big question I have is, was this a call that you originally did about four years ago, or is it a new one? I expect the, the next Dan Brown book to be written on, on this particular mystery. <laughs> very, very clever, Drew, about, yes, the, we'll hope there won't be any more teenage driving stories. There were. Um, and, oh, the times passed when we would happily skip into, into crowded rooms with poor, poor ventilation. Actually, Quentin, we could really make a thing of this, uh, this brilliant call from Drew, and just reuse old calls if we, if we don't get enough, because the fallouts do ripple through, you know, when we're talking well, about the... Our executive producer Royfield last week was yeah tried to preempt this, didn't he? He sent us an old call. He did <laughs> that Bernadette. we started including. Yes, <laughs> it completely threw us. And, and I, I mean, this call threw me when I first heard it because I thought, oh, it's an old call that's come through, and um, <laughs> I, I had to listen to it. Well, this is the third time I've heard it actually. Uh, I just had to hear it again just because th- you were messing with my head, Drew. Another <laughs> international call from Tokyo. I love it. Um, yeah, his point is, isn't it, that he's sick of the same old storylines mm. getting regurgitated, and when he spells them out like that, he, he's right. They have flogged the fighting over the same woman storyline quite a lot, haven't they? And um, the the learning to drive, he's picked up on as well. <laughs> but to be fair, Chelsea wants to learn to drive on a motorcycle, so there is a difference. There I mean, is. The- the stories that are being reused, it's always brothers, isn't it? I was thinking about this. We've had, obviously, William and Edward Grundy. We've had Rex and Toby Fairbrother. We've even had Eddie and Alf Grundy. And and then going back, there was Jack and Phil Archer. So there's always been, not not necessarily always about the same woman, but there's it's always fallouts between two brothers. And that does seem to be a consistent theme in the archers, but uh, um, Drew, Drew, I just thought that call was sensational. Any fallouts between sisters? There must have been over the years. Yeah, I um, I mean, there have been some, I suppose, um, there have been some elements like Lillian and, and Jenny, but not the structural and cracks. Gen- Jenny fell out with Peggy, didn't she, over Alice? Yeah, but that's mother-daughter. That's a, Alice yeah, and Kate, you had the, the odd fight, don't you? But they resolve yes, it but pretty again, quickly. not the yeah. they're just more sort of consistent personality issues. Uh, uh, anyway, you I, just want yes. to, you want you want you want to put the boot into men again, don't you, Philippa? I'm not at all I, because I'm <laughs> bigging up Drew for that that hilarious call. Anyway, so those are the calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. So how can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? Yes, you are very welcome to send a text if you like, and that number to text two is this. 07957-167-696. That's 07957-167-696. As ever, if you're calling, or rather, if you're texting from outside uh, the UK, then do add a plus 44. If you, if instead you rather get on the old keyboard and send us an email, then visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab, which you'll find at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Please do get your calls, emails, and texts in by lunchtime on a Sunday as we record this at around about 3 o'clock UK time. And also remember that you do need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller in Aurora's to our email and texter in Aurora's. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And our first text this week is from Sham. Hi, Philippa and Quentin. Sean here from Cardiff in South Wales. Second time texting in. We'll do better. Okay. Now, this week was all about Jazza, says Sean. I'm not a huge fan, which <laughs> I know might be a bit controversial. It is. However, how he dealt with Blake was awesome. Bravo. He still has a lot to learn about how to handle Chelsea, though, and I can understand why Tracy was so upset, and he should have respected her wishes about the motorbike lessons. Quickly, Stella, I think she is related to Justin in some way, daughter or niece. Mm. Just glad she got one over him on him. He really is starting to get on my toot. <laughs> Take care, everyone, and speak soon. We've touched on a lot of this already, Sean, so uh, you have got the zeitgeist of this particular podcast, but um, ooh, not a fan of Jazza. <laughs> we shall have to review that, won't we, Philippa? Um, yes, I mean, you're, you're right, it's the lies. Jazza's saying, oh, cross my heart, she'll be so bored, she'll never want to ride a motorbike again. And Justin saying to Lillian, my lips are sealed. My lips are they're, sealed, They yes. seem to be sealed with a pudding, not not the secret. I just, so. yeah. Yeah, I just have visions of his lips and his spinach on his teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not I nice. Was not impressed. Yeah, she's one of those who thinks they might be related, Justin and Stella. Yeah, so this is this is gaining some traction. This this is interesting. I love how we're presented with these um, scenes uh, in the Archers, and then we're all over analysing and trying to read into it. <laughs> Clearly, there's there's a history there, and uh, yeah, I'm not convinced yet, but I am so often proved wrong. So Sean's probably right. And I love that word. Get on my toot. Let's <laughs> use that phrase. I love that. <laughs> nice to hear from you again, Sean. Do, do text again or even call in, please. Yes, definitely. And our second text this week is from Puzzled Chris from York. Hello. I am not clear how childhood poverty explains feigning death in a restaurant 50 years later. That is just odd. I am also baffled by the workings of the Home Farm Partnership Agreement. Do the partners delegate executive powers to Brian Putin style? He appears to sack, agree deals with BL and decide to sell without any consultation with his partners. Finally, why is Jazza not in charge of COP26? He would sort it out from puzzled 
Chris from York. Yes, Jazza could solve a lot in the world, I think, um, definitely. But he could also make it worse because in some ways I think he functions best on the small stage of Ambridge where he's accepted and he's understood. And if he was propelled onto the world stage, um, while his endeavours might be right, I, I don't think he would function so well. And what sort of a board meeting uh, is there when someone who's been asked to go there to speak has to shout, may I finish, really loudly over everyone? It, I, I've certainly never been to a board meeting like that. But she held her own, didn't she? Um, she, she did. She stormed that. She's fantastic. Um, and Jazza at COP26, well, it is in Glasgow, isn't it? So he'd probably, probably be the only one who, who'd be understood up there, wouldn't he? So maybe that's a, <laughs> a smart move. Good uh, point. Uh, just about the whole BL business, somebody asked on Twitter, could somebody explain to me the whole Damara BL thing? And Susan Callar on Twitter came on and she gave this explanation and Fantastic. She says, Justin owns Damara, which bought 54% of BL in 2014, much to Brian's annoyance at the time. BL owns the 1,020-acre Barrow estate. Home Farm has the contract to manage Barrow's agricultural land and the shoot. The shoot, like the hunt, she says, never gets mentioned these days. So thank you very much indeed, Susan, because I, like many others, had completely lost the plot on BL and Damara and all that. So that was useful. Mm, excellent stuff. Um, and we have another text, don't we, from Melly? We do. We, we, we've texted out this week. Uh, <laughs> Melly says, it is so hard to listen to Vince muck up. He reminds me of my dad, who was forever flexing and generally being an ass. He and Vince both acknowledge generational differences. I agree. I wish I had exercised more tolerance, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Best wishes to all in Dumpty Dum land. Yes, Vince again, uh, sitting on the naughty step for, for you, Millie, remind, reminding you of your dad. And actually, one thing that puzzled Chris from York was saying was this harking back to his tough childhood, justifying his behavior. I, I don't buy. I mean, you know. <laughs> No, it does, does not justify coming up with pranks like that and, and behaving like that and, and feeling that everything is, is valued and justified by money. So hopefully Ben mm. has pulled him up and I think he took stock, but will he change? Probably too old to change by now. But um, anyway, coming back to your text, Melly, uh, you talk about hindsight being a wonderful thing, but uh, I, I, I'm sensing you're not quite as you weren't quite as forgiving as as beth is towards her father so i won't pry but um, do uh, thanks for texting in melly it's great to hear from you yes melly thank you so much for your text you need to text in call in we need to hear your lovely scottish accent please yes it's a difficult one because i can understand from from your family with uh, your father sort of playing up and and uh, well <laughs> flexing as as you as you call it. <laughs> it's difficult because the scene we were presented with Vince was was so extreme because of the nut, nut allergy. I think that is what did it for everyone. Um, if he just said, oh, the one thing I hate is nuts, um, say, or mushrooms or whatever, and then it was in the meal, that would have been something else. See Ben squirming and trying to sort, sort that out. But it was... Um, a very poisonous in the reality as well as um, in the scene. It was, a, it was a poisonous act that he that he played, and uh, it's a difficult one. But Melly, yeah, thank you for for your tech. You were remembering the 
times with your father. I, I just thought that it was, um, it just, it went too far. And, uh, and we have to judge, we have to judge Vince accordingly. I mean, I know Lillian's, <laughs> I did love this bit when Justin came back and Lillian was eating all, all that she'd been cooking. She said, don't judge me, Justin, just be supportive. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that is spot on. I love that. And when, when did she give up smoking that? They slipped that one yes. in, didn't they? Very well, clearly very recently. So, uh, yes, um, I think that's that's just so, happened. So, so that's now why she's, she's making cooking. vats of marmalade. I thought it was marmalade pudding myself, but well, with Madeira, she said, I thought it was marmalade. Yeah, I'm anyway, gonna have I, I, to listen to that again for the fourth time now. I couldn't hear because of all the slavering and eating <laughs> noises from Justin. I don't like, I don't like hearing eating noises on my on no. the arches. I didn't really hear him eating it, and that made me think that it and just he's smacking his lips. Wrong. He's no. smacking his lips. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Melly. Now we go to our first email this week, which is from Christine, um, and this is this must be formerly cycling, Christine. There can be no other. Anyway, Christine is writing about Jazza. What a lovely scene with Jazza talking to Blake about the influence of Jim on him, and how, despite being so different, Jim has had a profound influence on him, and how they now have a deep mutual bond, and how Jim is a father figure for him. It made me think about some of this week's happenings in the life to fathers, how Alan was brilliant with Amy and how Vince showed he has not been any good with Beth when all he had given was money. Totally missing, that is not what children need. Also, how Jazza was trying to be a decent stepdad and failing, but I'm sure he will come good in the end. Not remotely sure Vince will. I am not a Vince fan and thought it was very trite how a five-minute chat with Ben could make him realise his mistake and come to his senses. Such a contrast to the moving writing between Jazza and Blake. Thank you, Christine, for that. Yes, Alan was so good with Amy. Yeah, we forgot about him. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'll be interested to see what what she does. It was a, a strange scene with Ben this week. Well, the scenes, I suppose, with Vince and also the cake scene. I can't believe that he dropped it. It was just wrong. And as I said earlier, it sounded like a heavy blancmange falling, not a triple layered cake with sugar work on the top. The photo because you you know your buttercream, don't you? I do. Now, cakes, I do know. Yes. And the photo looked a bit like a Black Forest Gatto that, that they were using in the studio to drop. So there, there was that more sort of blomongy noise, which, which makes sense. But then I was a bit perplexed when Beth came in and she said, oh, where shall I put? I thought she said, where shall I put these 30 cups? She actually said dirty cups. But each time I listen to it, it sounds like 30 cups. I thought, oh, my goodness, how many people have they had around that house eating? Eating that cake. Just you. <laughs> yeah, just me. It's fine. Uh, yes, that was a very thoughtful email from Christine, actually. She packed an awful lot into a mm. short email. And, I, yes, she says it's very trite how the five-minute chat could turn Vince around. It, I'm beginning to think he's a bit of a lost cause, actually. He mm. is what he is. And I was a big fan of his, and I'm feeling a bit foolish now, to be honest. I am, because he's shown his real colours, I think. Uh, but Christine has never been uh, a Vince fan, and she's been proved right. So well done, Christine. And our second email this week is from Anon of Ambridge. Oh, great. Yes, we've got another one, haven't we, from Anon of Ambridge. And I'll be honest, from the, I've read this three times, and I still haven't got an answer for you, Philippa or, or Anon, but I'll tr- hopefully by the time I've read it out, something will occur. <laughs> 
Dear Auntie Philippa and Uncle Quentin, thank you again for your help. I don't know why more people don't email you their questions to answer. Fair point, Anon. My question today is again about road safety. I followed your advice and not joined the speed checkers in the village, but it seems that if you drive a car, you get zapped all the time, even if you are going at 31 miles an hour, but anyone on a motorbike gets to speed as much as they like, and there's no zapping. This seems unfair to me, says Anon of Ambridge. What do you think? Well, we didn't say don't join the speed checkers, did we, Philip? We said <laughs> don't try and make money out of it. Or <laughs> Slightly missed the point. Um, and motors, motorcyclists get zapped if they're whizzing past a camera. They will get zapped. So I don't know what planet you're on, Anon. So go and do something noble in the community, but don't try and get money for it. And if you're on a motorcycle you know, abide by the speed limit like we all do, don't we, Philippa? <laughs> and um, I'm sure if you go to a magistrate's court, you will come across plenty of motorcyclists who've, who've been zapped. But I grant you, sometimes they go so fast that the, the police just can't keep up with them if they are chasing them. But a camera will get them, won't they? Yes. I mean, I haven't, I'm not trying to take an on of Ambridge's side here, but I haven't heard anyone on a motorbike being zapped, as he calls it, um, by the speed uh, detectors. Um, but why but, wouldn't they be? They've got but, a number plate on. That's how you get caught. Yes. So who who knows what's happening? But sometimes life is unfair and on of Ambridge. But we, what we want you to do is just be responsible. Tell us what steps you've made to get some paid employment and... Uh, and uh, and let's let's move on. I think, but uh, yeah, thank you anyway. So yes, thanks for your calls and emails and texts. We value them so much. Please keep them coming. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dum De Dum community there, as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Sue. Hello, lovely people. Sue here, Queen of Tart on the Twitters. Well, it's been a week, hasn't it? And we've ended up with two men emerging from the airwaves. One, an absolute villain at face value, Vince Casey, and then an utter superstar in our jazzer. Except for the bike trip. Every time you think someone's a true hero or a despicable villain, they go and spoil it all. Let's start with Vince. And also Ben was dragged into that. Our lovely Witherspoon said that Vince is a miserable human being. Discuss. Faking a medical emergency... Sally Princess Park said, I absolutely hated it when Ben did, Vince did this to Ben. But Stephen Bowden replied, I don't think it's quite fair to condemn Vince on the basis of one, albeit deeply unpleasant, practical joke. Before this, he'd been really supportive and helpful to Rex over his piggies and has actually been very good for Elizabeth. Ged Robinson said, he's insecure in his own skin. I feel some empathy for him. His brusque behaviour is a coping mechanism. If he's shown acceptance, he's likely to change. Time will tell. Darcy Jorgensen said, I do not need repeated talking decades, intentional infliction of emotional and psychological horror, pain, humiliation from a family member. Beth gave Vince another chance and nope, same old game, control, walk away. And Katrina Owen added in, actually, Ben did really well for someone who didn't know what to do. He said he knew that they needed to keep calm and then he called out asking for someone to call emergency services. Ben is on his way to making a great nurse, I'm sure. What a contrast that is with our next comment from Kate Lyle. Utterly outrageous behaviour by Ben. He's known Beth about 10 minutes. He knows nothing about her family history. And then he went against her wishes because he thought he knew best. 
then steamrolled her and emotionally blackmailed her into making a decision she wasn't ready to make. Badly done, Ben. Badly done. And a quick side note on that one to, from Leslie Southgate. Could Josh be possibly be more unpleasant? Poor old Ben doesn't stand a chance with him and Princess Pippa's siblings and a father who moans constantly and always expects the worst of his children. Oh, David. True to form. Anyway, let's move on and talk about the lovely thing that Jazza did and Jim too. I love me a bit of Jimmus after Robert and Linda's mm, not so successful three course dinner. Marianne Howell said, I've just listened to yesterday's episode. We're not supposed to comment on the actors, but for me, I wish that Jazza was in every episode so I could listen to his voice. Because for her, it's all about the storylines and the characters. Although we know that Ambridge doesn't exist. That's heresy. Marianne, you're not allowed to say that. I think it's good to comment as if it does. Having listened for over 50 years, these people are real to me. I can so relate to that. What a lovely thing to say. Darcy Jorgensen said, bravo, Jazza. And I think lots of us were probably shouting at the radio at that point. Jean Bell said he was wonderful, just the right way to soothe poor Blake. And Marianne Grieve added, I loved it when they laughed together. Not something Blake does too often, I imagine. <sighs> Keith Rawlins said, mm, brace yourselves. Just out of interest, leaving the Snells home for the bewildered, what has Blake been doing for food and hygiene requirements? I would be careful when you, where you tread around the hide area. Anyway, I didn't see any dissent in the group about Jazza doing the right thing. And 23 people said in the poll we put up that they would have done the same thing. A lovely follow-on from Jane Allen. There's a meme I can't find that says, don't give money to the homeless, they'll only spend it on drugs and alcohol. That's okay. It, that's what I'd do with it myself. And Gillian Holmes added, it's also paternalistic to refuse them money and give them, say, a coffee or a sandwich instead. I hadn't personally thought that one through, but I thoroughly agree with it. Margaret Slading said, I think Jazz has got it right. Not sure if I could have got the tones exactly what was needed to gain Blake's trust. Jazza, you're a top bloke. And just to end, I want to point out the addition by Claire from Clapham, who said, contact Streetwise, who will mobilise a local rough sleeper outreach worker. Very useful advice, which I will put into practice if I need to. And I hope you all have a lovely week and you stay safe and well. Signing out. Thank you, Sue, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there on the group. We'd love to see you. And of course, we're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our great team always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets as well. Like our team, please do include at Dumpty Dum as well so we can all see your tweets and keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at Quick Book Review. How about you, Quentin? I can be found at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. We have three megastars here on the podium this week. <laughs> I, I chose them right at the last minute. I did put a tweet out saying, look, the podium is bare. I put this out <laughs> at the beginning of the tweet along. Um, and two were from the tweet along and one from earlier in the week. So in bronze position, he's been on the podium before, folks. It is Ian uh, Rutherian. And he says, why is Justin worrying about the wine when he's already got a Stella on the go? Oh, Ooh. Very That's good. Bronze for you, Ian. Could have been gold another week. In silver, 
Uh, Jazza has, has featured hugely on this podcast, hasn't he? He's legions of fans. The one at the front of the queue and would tear anybody's eyes out to get her hands on Jazza at any moment is our lovely Jane Bramley. And she's got Silver Tweet this week. But she's not talking about Jazza. She poses this question. Isn't there a way to actually, you know, do some farming on Home Farm? Yes. Absolutely. I completely agree. Come on. The clues in the title. Farm. Yeah. So well done, Jane. And in goal position, the Nobel Prizes are beginning to be given out, aren't they, at the moment? So in goal position, it's it's a shared goal position for two tweeters because Miranda at Apple Android app set this one up with and it's a topical one. I'm wondering if Bert Fry and Kenton wrote Boris Johnson's Tory party conference speech. All those jokes and little substance suggest so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to which Pat Brown at yeah. Pat LXT says, harsh on Kenton and Bert. <laughs> so they, they jointly, they're joint gold winners, uh, Miranda and Pat Brown. But uh, three excellent tweets this week. Yes, very, very good. Thank you for that. Now, being British, we hate talking about money, but there are costs involved in keeping the podcast afloat. For instance, the website needs maintaining, there are licenses to be paid for, and uh, there are various costs to pay with running the podcast for you. So, dear listener, if you'd be interested in supporting Dumpty Dum, we would be ever so grateful. You can do this via the Patreon tipping system, which you can find on the Dumpty Dum website, or by going to patreon.com and typing in Dumpty Dum. It all helps deliver this podcast to your ears every week. And more importantly for Philippa and I, it gets Royfield off our backs. And thanks again to the Paul family in New York for their brilliant, epic and original Dumpty Dum tune. And to Helen, Emily, Richard, Young Keith, Witherspoon, Drew, Chris, Sean, Melly, Christine and Anon of Ambridge for their calls, emails and texts. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, which you can find on our website, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Jazza launch his new motorbike road safety course in Ambridge? Will Lillian be baking every minute of the day to keep away from the cigarettes? Will Jenny have to come to terms with staying in their cottage with only one space for one tagine? And will Stella sue the whole of the BL board for being utter egotistical toads with no sense of equality and a preference for talking over any female in the room? All will be revealed. So it's a bye-bye from me. That's a very goodbye from me.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.